Hello, animation fans, and welcome to another iAnimate podcast. I'm your host, Larry Vasquez, and you're listening to episode 89. In this episode, we have longtime friend and returning guest, Mike Walling, joining us. Uh, Mike has been one of our instructors since we've opened up our virtual doors and is a very talented animator. Um, we've had him in on a podcast before, right after, I think, Crude's. Uh, but it was a really neat opportunity to get him back in on this podcast uh, since that time. Um, he's uh, done feature animation at the highest level at DreamWorks, where he's worked on such movies as Crude's, uh, Kung Fu Panda 2, um, prior to that over at Sony on one of my favorites, Surf's Up. Um, but one of the neat parts about getting him on this podcast again is that uh, he's since made the transition over to games animation and has been more, and has been animating over at Bungie on uh, Destiny 2. And uh, he's a great guy. It was a really neat podcast to kind of just hear his um, vantage point in regards to feature film, game animation, and uh, just where those kind of uh, blur together a little bit there. So definitely check this one out. Mr. Walling. I really appreciate you joining us on this podcast. It's really a, a neat opportunity. I know we've had you in on before, uh, but this is particularly unique for me. Just um, for those that don't know, um, we opened our virtual doors back in 2010. Um, I was one of the first uh, classes there, and I had this gentleman here uh, for feature workshop two, and wow. it was just uh, a, a fun time, a, a neat time. We had some really, really um cool students. Uh, and it was just very, very unique. So, um, it's really cool to be able to get you in on this podcast. So, yeah. Wow. It's a long time, huh? <laughs> yeah, it's been a while. <laughs> Amazing though. Amazing. But that was just fun time. It was just, it's mm -hmm. one of those times you kind of look back, you know, you think about high school, you think yeah. about college or something like that. That's yeah. kind of what I do there. It's just, it was a really, really cool time. It was. Um, yeah, I mean, it was a brand new thing and it was, um, exciting and trying to figure out what it was and yeah. um, bringing people in and, and then, of course, that having that first batch come through as well, like, where are they going to end up? Where are they going to go? And I've seen yeah. some people, um, you know, fairly recently, uh, my, my brain's skipping a beat here, but um, you had a student on, ex-student recently um, on a podcast, I think, who was in my, one of my first classes as well, who's now an animation director. You know? Oh, wow. Um, gosh. If you remember, yeah, let it holler at us on that. Yeah, but it's but it's really cool to see, you know, people having gone on into careers right. and become animators or, you know, in some cases like, you know, animation directors. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Head of character animation people, you know, just doing amazing stuff. You know? Yeah. Yeah, for Especially sure. Now there's so much opportunity right now. Um, it's, it's incredible. Yeah. We just had, um, uh, Alexis Winteroy had, um, and we're going to get him on another podcast too, which is cool. cool. Um, but just their arcane that they recently released yeah. from over there and just seeing yeah. the list of iAnimate students that he's had in the class or that's gone through a program and uh, who had worked on that. And it's, it is really just a neat honor um, yeah. to see that. So um, yeah, it's amazing, man. It's yeah. Amazing. Really cool. Like this year, I think this year alone, I've seen more companies hiring associate animators than I've ever seen. What, what would you, how would an associate animator be defined? Um, as a beginner out of school. Okay. Someone with no or little experience. Gotcha. You know? Gotcha. It would be like, you know, like for example, Bungie, um, we have a tendency to hire only senior people for years, just senior people because of the um, responsibility, because of the product, because of the timeline, all of it, the technology, the technicality of it. And then this year we're hiring associate animators. For okay. 
And it's exciting because you're bringing people in who have the potential there already. And then you can kind of mold them into the kind of animator that would work with the organization right, and the team. And you can give them these tools that we're all passionate about. Like we're very passionate about efficiencies and hockey's tools. <laughs> things that just Like why work hard, like work smart. Here's a bunch of stuff. Now go make cool stuff. You know, That's awesome. Cool content, you know? And yeah. It's, it frees you up to take risks because, you know, you're not burning your wheels and like, you know, taking all this time to figure things out, but you know, you have a lot of tools at your disposal to like work quickly. You know? So you found that to be the case then that it's given yeah. you a little bit more time to kind of figure things out and kind of experiment. Yeah. In fact, I'm going to digress a little bit here, but um, one of the things that I'm, I'm super excited about is that coming to Bungie games aside, right? Just the organization and the people I was working with I'm working with still to this day. Um, they watched me work for the first year of my, my stay at Bungie and they were quietly like, Hey, you might want to think about hockey's. No, no I'm okay. I'm all right. Don't worry about me. You know, well, what are you doing with those breakdowns right there? Well, I'm just, that's how I break my, my poses down. Don't worry about it. You know? And then finally, <laughs> finally one day I, I turned to my buddy Drew and I go, okay, I'm ready to listen. What you <laughs> you know? I'm no joke. I just said, okay, today's the day I'm open to everything you have to say. And I'm going to take it seriously and I'm going to implement it for as long as you say to, and then, and then we'll come back to it. And he goes, get out of my way. And he came over and he like pushed me aside and he just like <laughs> took my Maya and he just rearranged it to all fit on one monitor. He's like, why you got three monitors? You don't need all this stuff. Your eyes are going all over the place. Just look right here. You don't need all that graph editor over here. And he, he just reorganized my entire workspace. And I was like, okay. And then he said, okay, hockey's, this is going to change your life. And I'm like, okay. You know, and he did my hockey's and that was the biggest game changer. Uh, gotcha. that, that day I, I was like, dude, I'm shocked at the hockey's. And what it was, was he put everything I needed to do my job on my left hand right there. Mm -hmm. No more moving over to the other side of the keyboard right back. And so in one day I stopped looking down, up, down, up, down, up. And I just looked at my Maya all day and I just worked my left hand over there. <laughs> <It was, laughs> incredible because i immediately felt the the like less eye fatigue mental brain fog and i just was like just on my monitor and there was no downtime and that was major that's cool and then what really got me excited about animation again like re fell in love with animation was um <clears throat> he was watching me block a shot that day and he goes he's like you're not really thinking about truly what the mechanics are doing on the breakdowns. And I go, well, I am, but I'm, I'm trying to just like move through it. And he goes, no, no, no. I was like, think about when the character is in the air and they're doing space magic, you know, and they're kind of pushing off, but there's nothing there. Like, what are you really pushing off of? And how are we describing that movement? And how are you showing directionality? And, and when you go from this pose to that pose and you put a breakdown in there, like, what are you saying in terms of, mechanically what's happening anatomically like what is the pelvis doing and i go okay well let me try that and so i i took two poses on the shot i was doing and i just deleted everything between the two poses and i re-blocked it 
and I did a play blast and I went <gasps> and my face just lit up because I saw step key animation looking fluid and connected with overlap and follow through <laughs> and drag built into a single breakdown. And I just like lost my mind. I was like, this is amazing. And I've never looked back since. Very you know? cool. So, so it's like 22 years into my career now. And yeah. I'm just as excited. <laughs> that's as awesome. I ever have been, you know? So. Well, that's one of the cool parts about getting you in on this podcast. So again, for those that don't yeah. know, and we'll make a link in this, um, in the, in the post here that we had, uh, like I mentioned, you're one of our feature, um, yeah. animation instructors. You've been with us since the get go. We did a podcast with you before you and Jason, it was right, uh, after the first crudes release. Yeah. And so you were still over at DreamWorks at the time. And so yep. since then you're now over at Bungie and you've been there for how long? Five years. Five years. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So it's just uh, one of the reasons what it was, like I said, it was just a neat opportunity to get you back in here is because you're still teaching in our feature. Yep. You have that background, but now you also have a games background, which yeah. we also have workshops for. So it's just, we felt like it'd be kind of a cool opportunity to talk with you, catch back up. Sure. And just, even as I'm hearing some of this stuff to see what you're taking from, you know, working in games and teaching yeah. in our uh, body mechanics feature class. Sure. Yeah. And that's just, so so let's, um, okay, because I'd love to get more back into that. So let's yeah. kind of back up here. Um, you were working at DreamWorks at the time. Yeah. Uh, you'd released uh, Crudes. Was that the last one you had worked on at DreamWorks at the time? Or did you yes. go into something else? Nope, Crudes was it. Okay. So then that's when you went into, uh, over to Bungie. Uh, no. <laughs> not exactly. So, <laughs> not that, yeah. not that smooth. So we had, we had the Crudes come out. Um, or we were finishing Crudes. I was done. I was talking to my manager about, Hey, what am I going to do next? And she said, Oh, pick a movie. And I go, no, no, no. Just put me on anything because I've been so fortunate here. I said, I'll work on anything you want me to just put me anywhere. And she said, no, oh, that's very mature. I said, yeah, absolutely. Cause I'd been very lucky. Kung Fu Panda 2, Crudes, um, you know, Mega Mind. I mean, I got to work on some cool stuff. Right. Mm -hmm. So I just told her whatever you want. Um, a week later I got laid off. <laughs> <laughs> had a, they had a huge layoff, like 500 people, I think 550. Yeah. That was right. Kind of a dip yeah. there for DreamWorks. And I was the third one to go because uh, my contract was over. Um, and it was a good time to get rid of me. So they, uh, they gave me my walking papers, but they were so amazing. And my manager was so awesome. Um, they, they picked me up on my bootstraps. James Baxter just gave me a big fat hug and said, I'm so sorry. What can I do to help? And he wrote me this beautiful letter of recommendation, um, put his phone number on it and his name and everything. Really nice guy. Um, but I had a job the next day, you know, so I, I went literally from DreamWorks, letting me go to um, working um, with uh, real effects on uh, Freebirds. Oh, okay. That's right. Yeah. 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 So um, now did you do that at their Santa Monica office. Well, I went there for a month and trained and then I went home. So they said, come into the studio for a month and just get trained up and then go home, work on your own PC with your own software and, okay. and work contract. And so gotcha, I gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. And that lasted for, I don't know, 10 months roughly. Okay. And then what was really funny, again, the day I finished my last shot, I got a text from Jeff Gabor at Blue Sky saying, hey, buddy, are you free? We need some help on Rio too. And I said, I'll be out there Monday. You know? <laughs> and uh, they put me on a plane. Um, not quite Monday, but it was like, I think it was two weeks. Okay. Two weeks. Um, 
because I had to get rid of my apartment. I had to get rid of all my stuff. I had to put stuff in storage. It was a, it was a pretty major ideal Yeah, because it was going to be 10 months in New York in a hotel, basically. Now you'd worked at Blue Sky before, correct? Twice before. Oh, okay. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. I did basically a three tours of duty. Over there, so. <laughs> that's the way I, I categorize it. <laughs> yeah. So I went, I went there for Rio too and um, lived in a uh, really nice apartment type hotel set up with uh, 30 other temp animators. Okay. Which is weird because I'd, I'd worked with temps before at Blue Sky, but I was never a temp. And so to go there from that perspective was really weird. Okay. But it was really fun. Okay. Uh, <laughs> had so much fun, met so many people. And when you're in a basically a, a hotel condominium with other animators, everyone's mm-hmm. just hanging out. Almost kind of like a dorm room, it sounds it like. It's absolutely like a dorm room. Yeah. <laughs> and so um, you would just walk across the hall into someone else. You just open the door and walk in and like go watch TV, eat food. It was, it was like a family. Okay. Um, so we did that. And then here's what's cool though. And, I, and this is one thing I would want to pass on to students. Absolutely. Is that the way opportunities come is oftentimes not the way you expect. Okay. Um, and a lot of times it's because of relationships. So while I was doing the temp gig at Blue Sky, um, there was another guy, Sean Mullen, who was there and he was doing storyboard work for another top secret movie that was being, in, uh, it was in pre-production. Um, I got to know him and I would hang out with him sometimes. I'd go see him in his storyboard, you know, office and like chat for a bit. Then we would take the bus back to White Plains where the hotel was and we would jump off like a stop early and go get pizza and a beer and watch hockey. Um, Long story short, he left before I did. uh, I want to say like four months before I left, you know, so I finished up my time at Blue Sky, went back to LA and I was literally like sitting there going, okay, what do I do next? And I was looking around and who was hiring and I, and my phone rang and it was Sean. And I was like, Hey man, what's going on? He goes, what are you doing? And I said, nothing, eating cornflakes, just watching TV. <laughs> and he goes, well, pack up and get your butt to Salt Lake. And I was like, Salt Lake, you know, uh, what's in Salt Lake? He goes, well, I'm out here with Disney Interactive. <clears throat> okay. The Disney Infinity game. And I need a guy to come out here and do high level feature film kind of marketing animation, mm-hmm. a bunch of interstitials, commercials, things like that. Yeah. And I was like, oh, let me, uh, let me Google what's in Salt Lake first. <laughs> <laughs> so I went to Google and I typed in, what is there to do in Salt Lake? And it turns out there was a lot to do. So I said, give me a call, you know? And so let's, let's talk to the team. And so I talked to the team and they were amazing. We got along instantly. Um, and I just said, give me the job. I'll take it. I just want to come work with you guys. And the, uh, the, student, the department head said, well, hang on a second. Let me fly you out here. So you see what you're getting into. And I go, no, I'm good. He goes, no, no, no. Let me fly you out. You know? So they flew me out and um, met with the team. And I was like, yeah, this place is awesome. So I went out there, um, worked on Disney Infinity for almost three years. Okay, man, I forgot about that. Yeah. Yeah. And we had, um, was that with, uh, shoot, what's his name? Darn it. He's one of our instructors. I did a podcast too with him. Um, Terraria to. Oh, you're you... thinking, is it Peter? No, no not Peter I, I forgot his name. Darn it. Um, okay. Yeah, he was out there. He worked on it. I don't know if he was doing the marketing mm. stuff like that. It was more of the in-game stuff. 
Um, so yeah, oh, sorry, go ahead. It was, but I want to know now. Yeah. I'll have to find it. Yeah, can, I, it'd be hard it. to find right now. Okay. Yeah. But anyway, yes, yeah, so I went out there and did that. And that was, uh, it was interesting. It was a lot of fun, you know, but, but it was because of that relationship. It was because getting to know Sean, you know, when he needed somebody, he just thought of me, you know, because we spent a lot of time together, you know, gotcha. So, gotcha. So I would never discount networking with people genuine though, not like, you know, how many people, but like genuine relationships, building lasting relationships with, with people in the industry that you can help each other out, you know? Right. Right. Um, and in fact, I did the same thing. So later on when we were hiring, I called my buddy, Andrew uh, Atterbury, who was, Oh yeah. 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 Yes. Yeah. You know, Andrew, yeah. he, he was one of the ones I think came in right after us. Yeah. So, um, so I, he's the second or third class. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So he's a Pixar now. So, yeah. Yeah. So I called him and I said, Hey man, um, are you available? And I knew he was because we all were doing the temp thing for a little bit there. <clears throat> so I uh, hired him immediately and brought him out. Um, and because, because I brought him, I'm not, I'm not tooting my horn by the way, it's, he did the work, but because I brought him out to Salt Lake and we worked on a lot of Pixar projects, he got to know the Pixar people and worked on Pixar type shots. And that was enough to get him into Pixar after we got shut down at, uh, Salt Lake. Gotcha. You know? Gotcha. So then flash forward to the end of Disney interactive. So when Disney decided it was enough, they were going to shut us down. Um, again, I was like, okay, now what, what do I do now? You know? And so I started, uh, I, I put a demo reel together, put it on the internet, like you always do. And, um, I started doing animation tests for companies, but I had no real, like, there was nothing that I was really like passionate about. You know, I was just trying to figure out like, well, what do I do next? You know? And what was really funny was there was this guy, Rick Lico, Richard yeah. Lico, right? <laughs> Richard Lico. Um, we were all fans of his work. We yeah. loved Richard's work and he would put out these demo reels and we would like watch them and like talk about the shots and analyze the animation, you know, um, bungee guy at the time. Well, we were at work still because the nice thing was Disney said, Hey, we're shutting you down, but we'll let you have the studio for 60 days, make, make demo reels, do animation tests, do what you got to do. Use That's great. Use the computers, whatever. So we were still going to work, you know? Um, anyway, so we're at work one day and um, <clears throat> my buddy, Nick Beckstead goes, Hey everyone, Richard's new reels up. Come check it out. So we all ran over to Nick's desk and we're watching Rick Lico's new demo reel up on Vimeo. And I, I swear I'm watching his work and my phone vibrated and I pulled my phone out and I looked at it and it said, message from, from Richard Lico. And I was like, what? Someone set me so, up here. So I just put the phone away and I just kind of smiled. Like, what's he going to say? You know? And I just, I loved that anticipation for a moment of like, what's it going to, what's he going to, why is he messaging me? You know? So I went back to my desk and I turned away from everyone, pulled my phone out, you know? <laughs> like read it. And he just said, Hey, um, sorry to hear about Disney. Do you have time for a phone call tonight? And so I wrote back. Yeah give me a call. Here's my number, you know, and I raced home and, um, uh, he called and we chatted and he goes, well, listen, you know, here's the thing. I'm, I'm leaving Bungie because I want to go do a startup. Um, I've had a good run here, but I want to do something different. I want to do some VR stuff. I need someone to replace me. And he's like, and I think you're the guy. And I was like, what? He goes, yeah, That's... there's something I saw your demo reel. There was something about the style that I saw myself in. And I was like, That's the guy. 
And so he's like, I want you to apply. I was like, okay, great. Um, talked to my family a little bit and they all said, yeah, do it. You know? So I, uh, I applied and I talked to the studio department head the next day, Bill O'Brien, and he was incredibly awesome. We just got along. We were laughing already within 10 minutes. We were just like cracking jokes and stuff and we just hit it off, you know? Um, and I thought, cool, I got it in the bag. <laughs> and, then, <laughs> and then they said, here's a test. <laughs> you know? I was like, oh, the test. <laughs> and so, um, no, just tell me where I need to sign. I mean, right. Yeah. not right. Can I, can we just skip that? <laughs> but no, this, they had me do a test and, um, uh, I passed the test, you know, but I think the reason why I passed the test was because I, I, I did a, a complete deep dive into bungee culture, bungee games, you know, um, stylistically speaking, content wise, GDC talks, everything I could find. I just like absorbed. Gotcha. Played the game from that moment on, like just played every free moment. I was just playing, you know, and I, and I just picked up on key things that they were doing. Um, did the test passed. Then they said, okay, now come out to Seattle for an interview. <laughs> you know, like, Can't I just get the job, you know? But, uh, so, so they, they flew me out. Um, they took me out for three days. They said, come out for three days. Just, you know, look at your car. You can look around, you can check out the area and stuff. Cool. Problem. You know? So we went out there for, uh, or came out here for three days and I interviewed um, and somehow got an offer. <laughs> so, <laughs> got an offer, you know? Um, and here's another thing too, I want to talk about real quick. So there was, there was this one guy, Mike, who came in during the interview process and he had a laptop with him and he just, he just turned the laptop around and said, okay, that is your walk cycle. And I said, oh yes, the walk cycle, you know, cause I knew it wasn't perfect, you know? And he just said, um, what would you do differently to this walk cycle now that you didn't do then? And I just looked at it and I just missed it. I just said, well, I think I would just polish it more because it's a little stiff. And he goes, okay, is that your answer? And I said, yeah. <laughs> and he said, well, if you look at the upper body, it's rotated back and you're holding a bow staff, like a weapon, like you're ready to go, like you're ready for action. I said, yeah. And he said, well, look at the bottom half from the pelvis down. It's straight on. There's no, you're not walking across yourself. And I went, <gasps> and I just like slapped my forehead and I said, oh, and I, I, I want to do over. I just simply said, I'll never unsee that again. You got me. And then he told me six months later, the reason why he said thumbs up to Mike Wallen was because I just took, I took it and I owned it. Very cool. No excuses. I didn't try to backpedal. I didn't try to make up a reason. Well, actually, yeah, what I really meant was, yeah, none of that. Huh? Yeah. He just said, you just took it and you just said, I'll never unsee that again. And I liked that. I liked Very that. Cool. responsibility. And I said, yeah, he's good. Hire him. So Very cool. Like, Thank God, you know. <laughs> okay, so that's actually kind of a cool thing yeah. here because uh, one of the, I have two questions here. Cool. Um, but the first one was you coming from you know DreamWorks yeah. at the highest level of animation feature. You'd worked at these other great studios here. They years. can obviously yeah. tell that you knew animation, right? So, yeah. and, and what was the purpose then of the tests? Yeah, I mean the test is is. The test is tricky because the test is more than just animation, especially in games. They're not necessarily just looking to see if you can animate or not. Okay. Um, that's obviously part of it, right? 
but they're, they want to see how you think. They want to know what your thinking is in terms of, hey, does this person know gameplay, right? Gameplay is way different. Yeah. Gameplay is different in how you communicate content, um, how you use cameras, how you develop um, clips that might work from a controller standpoint. You know, because when I'm, when I'm using this thing right here, right, and I'm playing animations, they all have to work together. Mm -hmm. right? And so they want to kind of get an idea of how much you might or might not know about gameplay philosophy. Like how, what is my approach to making content? You know, it's very different, you know? Um, so that's, I think it's, it's more about that kind of thing. You know, they want to get an idea of, um, do you know the content? Like, have you paid attention to what they make? First of all, because okay. I had two really good friends who we all tested together at Bungie and they did not make it. And I knew why before they even submitted, I knew they weren't going to pass because they were doing off the wall, crazy stuff that felt more like Riot games than Bungie games. Gotcha. Gotcha. Um, and they didn't, they didn't take the time to look at what Bungie did. So that's a great lesson there. Yeah. For yeah. anybody who's applying for, you know, somewhere. Sure. And yeah, so yeah. they give you this test and it's, there's a PDF with like instructions and the instructions seem simple enough, but there's always stuff buried in there. You know, like, what's he going to, is he going to question this? He should, if he knows gameplay, right? Mm. He should, he should question the camera choice or he should actually ask the question, wait a second, is this first person or third person? Gotcha. Gotcha. That's important, you know? Um, and so a lot of times they want to see how you're going to make content for games there, you know? And then the animation is like, you know, animation is important. Right. It's, it's important. You wouldn't have got the interview had you not, yeah. but they're trying to see yeah. now, how do you fit into this culture yeah. in? Yeah. Now I will say this. I did get lucky because they, they told me on day one, they said, okay, here's welcome to day one. There are no expectations. You don't know anything. Um, we really thought you would be a benefit here because of your 14 years of feature film experience. We want something new here. We want something fresh. That's awesome. So they said, we're not looking for a replacement for, you know, Richard Lico. So don't feel like you have to fill those shoes. Um, so they said, you know, there was, there was enough gameplay there that you got by, but now we're going to really teach you gameplay. <clears throat> um, so I got lucky. From that the timing was amazing. Okay. Um, amazing timing, you know. So my second question then is <clears throat> you did when you were over at um was it Avalanche Studios and uh yeah. okay. Yeah. When you were there, did you do any in-game stuff or was it strictly I did. Okay. So then okay, so that was my next question then yeah. was how familiar were you with going right. to video games? So you had some understanding of it before you went over to Bungie. God barely. Okay. That's, so that so, was, my guess, my next question yeah. was that, did, did you anticipate then going into games from Avalanche when you got that call? Was that like, Hey, yes. uh, you, I wanted yeah. to, yeah. Okay. I wanted to go to games. What, what made you want to? Okay. So this goes back a little bit. So in 20, no, 2008, 2008 ish, I saw a demo reel go up on YouTube <clears throat> from a buddy of mine, Tom Seville, and it was for Halo Reach. Okay. And I saw this reel go up from him and I was like blown away. I was like, wow, they can, 
they can do this much polish now in a video game. Mm-hmm. I'm blown away. And the the idea of doing bite-sized clips that connected was very attractive to me. Okay. Um, Cause I had done again, years, 10 years at that point of feature film work, you know, and the idea of doing something that was controllable and that level of polish, it felt like feature film polish movement. Like it, gotcha. was, it was very intensive, accurate body mechanics, but still space magic. He's still, stylized still Mm -hmm. fun you know and i was really intrigued by that so i started at that moment 2008 2009 is when i started kind of mentally veering off to like i wonder what that's all about you know i want to maybe try that but i kept getting pulled back into future films in fact my my time at dreamworks was not what i wanted i actually was recruited heavily into dreamworks but i kept turning them down for over two weeks i kept saying no and she and ken mackie bless her (laughs) love that woman. She called me, <laughs> I've met her. Very nice gal. She called me every other day for two weeks. Like, just give me your demo reel. And I was like, nope, I'm done with features. I'm burnt out. I'm tired. I need a break. You know? And she's like, no, come on, come on. And I finally did. And uh, I finally gave her a reel. And, and I, I thanked her for that for three years by buying her coffee every week. <laughs> so amazing woman. Very cool. Yeah. Met her once. Very nice gal. Yeah. So, um, so, so yeah, I wanted to, I wanted to at that point kind of venture into games at that point, but I kept getting pulled back. But um, when I did get to Avalanche, my role was not to do video game work. It was to do uh, marketing materials, right. vignettes, things like that. They wanted like high level animation as much as we could with the tools allowed and the rigs, things like that. Mm-hmm. So one day I go to Gavin, who was our studio department, our, our department head. And I said, Hey, is there ever a chance that I could maybe do a shot for the, the game. And he goes, how much you want? <laughs> he goes, you can, you can do as much as you want. You want a shot right now? Go talk to uh, so-and-so, you know, this guy, Jamie. And I was like, really? He's like, yeah, man, just, I don't care. You can do all the game. What know? was Jamie's last name? Um, that's he's, the, that's he's, who a, I'm, he's a riot. I forgot his name. I think that's who I'm thinking of. He, he was in one of our games instructor for a little bit. Jamie. Okay, and I, yeah, Jamie. To, I forget yeah, yeah. that. Yeah, that's, that's, that's who it was. Yep. That's him. Okay. Yep. So, um, yeah, so I went to talk to Jamie and I said, Hey, uh, Gavin said I could do a game shot, you know? And, um, he said to talk to you, he goes, all right, what do you want? Do you want like Baymax or a spy? I go, give me Baymax. <laughs> I was like, yes, Baymax right away. <laughs> um, and so he goes, all right, go do, uh, here's a shot. Go do, um, uh, a roundhouse kick and here's some reference and I'll email it to you. So he emails me reference from the actual movie big hero six and it wasn't out yet the movie was not even out okay so he gave me reference from the movie with watermarks on it and it was baymax when baymax was training to do martial arts and he's in the green suit um and uh i watched this shot and i was like okay i can do that and so i started planning my timing and i was sitting there going through the reference counting frames on okay how long to the wind up Where's the weight shift? Okay, cool. And I was looking at the key poses and I suddenly realized, wait a second, I'm on frame 74 on the weight shift. And I think I heard something about the hit on the frame 13. What? <laughs> so I ran back down to Jamie's and I was like, did you say frame 13? Like, yeah. Welcome to games. <laughs> and I was like, okay. And he goes, then he goes here, here, just open, open up the Hulk smash and you'll get an idea of what we're talking about. And so I ran back to my desk and I opened up one of the uh, existing 
Hulk shots of Hulk like doing some kind of punch or smash. I, I can't remember what, but and I watched it one time and I just got it. And I was like, oh, I get it. And it was, I, I fell in love. Very cool. Process because I was like, what an amazing challenge to put weight into a character and have them be responsive because there's a player out there who wants to play the animation as quick as possible because they want to beat the bad guy or they want to jump up here or they want to get away or something. And now you have timing, gameplay timing. It's a real thing, right? (laughs) And so I studied that animation for a couple hours. I just went through and just like looked at. And what I realized was, okay, you spend a lot of time in the um, windup and then you get to the pit fast. And then if there's time afterwards, then you can do your flourish or your return back to idle. But oftentimes there's an interruptible component where you can just go into a run or you can jump out of it or you can crouch or you can do another combo or some other thing, you know? Um, and that was it. That was it. So I, I did, I think, three different shots for Baymax. And those three shots are what Rick Lico pointed out. How funny. Three years later, almost. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah, that's amazing. Now, um, Richard, what's that? It's a miracle, I think. Yeah. 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 Now, Richard (laughs) taught uh, in our games workshops for a little bit here. Um, Is is that how you came across him, or how did you come across him for him to give you a holler? I knew him by that point. um, Okay. I believe. I think I knew him a little bit that point but no no i mean i didn't know the guy at all otherwise you know before that um we just liked his work you know okay um, and i didn't even know of him really until my buddy nick was like look at this guy's work you know it's really detailed um really imaginative you know and we just started watching his work you know and so when he messaged me uh, after disney shut us down uh, it was the first time i'd ever talked to him gotcha so, okay how yeah. funny yeah it was interesting, you know, and then yeah. after my interview, after my interview at Bungie, um, he took me to dinner. We went to, uh, to get ramen, <laughs> you know, got some ramen in Seattle. <laughs> <laughs> you should have been taking him out to dinner. He gave you the, the, the call there. <laughs> he, he just, he insisted, you know, so. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. Um, okay. So then you said you were at Bungie yeah. uh, and it was blank slate. They were going to get you up to speed yeah. with in-game animation here. What were some of the biggest hurdles that you encountered? How much time you got? (laughs) (laughs) That's what what we got you here for, man. Yeah. So my manager, Matt Kelly, I lucked out in a way because Matt Kelly was a pain in the butt. Um, Matt Kelly was my manager. He was also my lead uh, on the, um, what we call sandbox, the sandbox team, which is gameplay side, the player. Okay. Um, He, his knowledge into gameplay and into Bungie was miles deep. He's infinitely knowledgeable about Destiny and about Bungie. So he told me on day one also, like he took me out to uh, a one-on-one. We just went for a walk and he just said, hey, listen, you know, um, your ramp up is going to be like a year. So get ready to, to buckle in and get going because it's going to be a long time. You're not going to be comfortable for a while. <laughs> Um, and he was not joking. Um, I went home for weeks with bad headaches because the stress of what they were putting me under was more than I could handle okay. initially, but I handled it because I was hungry and I was ready to go. But 
it was so difficult because up to that point, all I cared about was cameras, characters, animating a good performance, uh-huh. polish, animation. And now suddenly I was trying to be, I was trying to <clears throat> think about when to apply, you know, math to things like expressions. Okay, we're gonna put an expression on here to ramp this animation up, and then we're gonna ramp it off, and we're gonna give it a ratio. And I'm like, what? And we're in, and we're in these interfaces, and we're <laughs> in state machines, and we're dragging things around, and I'd be like overwhelmed. And then he'd make me do it, and then he'd say, okay, now break it and do it again. And I'd be like, but we just did it, break it, okay. <laughs> and I have to break it and then do it over again, and. It got to the point where if I ran into a problem, I had to make a decision. Okay, I sit here with this problem for 20, 30 minutes trying to figure it out, or I go tell Matt, hey, I got a problem, and he'll be he'll be here for three hours, four hours. <laughs> and I would start to get like sweaty. <laughs> you know? Um and, and yeah, and he had a rule. Like if you're there with a problem for more than 20 minutes, get me don't sit there any, any time longer than that. <laughs> and so that was like a year of that, you know? Um, yeah. And it's been five years. I'm five years there. That's like, awesome. And I still feel like, um, I still feel like I don't know anything <laughs> because there's, cause here's the thing. And this is true. There's, there's not a right or wrong way to do everything. Okay. The there's only the most efficient way. So the, the problem with that is, is that you can be faced with a problem on a shot that you're looking at. Like, for example, hey, I'm doing this thing that it requires, because again, because you're doing things with, with trajectory and velocity and, and physics, sometimes you don't do all the animation in one Maya file. Sometimes you have a Maya file with just a pose in it. And then you have another Maya file with like turbulence on it, right? And you've got one Maya file with just the character going from one pose to the next pose because you're going to drive that on through an expression through velocity. Wow. And you've got another Maya file that's like basically, you know, uh, the enter. And then there's one for the exit. And, and then there's one for pitch and yaw, right? You've got all these Maya files. Like, for example, when I did the, um, the Meteor Strike Super on Destiny 2, that was seven Maya files to make that simple fly through the air and crash happen. <laughs> so the problem is, you're, you're play testing this thing and then this pose isn't kicking on and you're like, why isn't the pose kicking on? And there's no manual for it. There's no like, well, you didn't do this right. It's, it's like, huh, you gotta go figure well, it out, huh? let's figure it out. And so my manager and I sat there for two days, all day, just rearranging stuff. We'll try it this way just to get this pose to turn on. And then it turned out there was this like, interface file somewhere with a bunch of entries in it and the entry for that pose was down at the bottom and we had to move it up just moved it up and the pose turned on and it worked and we just didn't know that yeah and so that's that's one of the things that keeps me up at night is (laughs) (laughs) like you know i'm very competent in my ability to animate movement very comfortable you know but Sometimes when I'm trying to get things to work with velocity and I have to ramp something up and I have to find a way to create layered content. And I mean, layered in terms of multiple Maya files, not just layered inside of Maya, but 
create content that's going to overlap itself and create drag moments uh, because you're on a controller pushing the character around and they're flying. Whoa, man, it's, <laughs> it's hard. It's really <laughs> difficult. Um, and I now, struggle with that. You know? Did you have a technical background? Um, no. Okay. No, okay. No, 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 no. I, I would, I would strongly put my feet in the stance of uh, more creative. Okay. <laughs> Gotcha. Gotcha. So these are things that you've just had to learn and, and deal with. Um, Yeah. What what was it that kept you persevering? Oh man. Just, I love the process. Okay. Well, that's, I guess I was wondering. Yeah. Cause sometimes it's just that aha. And you're like, boom, we solved it. Got it. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. I just, I love it too much. And I loved collaboration. One of my favorite aspects of working on games is, the tight bond I have with my effects animator and my designer. Okay. We, we work almost in tandem. Um, and um, we fire each other up, you know, like they get excited when they see stuff, you know? And so, and I'll throw something together. Like I'll throw a piece of content together just to give them something functional. Like we'll call it functional pass. Like here, just put this in and you can play it. And they're like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. And I'm like, oh, this is garbage, but awesome. And then I get excited. I go, because internally I go, okay, I'm going to make them something that's going to blow their heads off, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, and then I'll, I'll go passionately go do that. I'll go try to make something that's amazing. And then my effects guy, um, you know, he's just the same way. His name's Dave and he, he's a phenomenal effects animator or effects artist, I guess he'd call himself. And, you know, design is, my designer is making this, this, uh, this thing that we're going to play. And then I slap on character movement and then Dave slaps on effects effects, and it just all (laughs) is there and you're playing it. And in real time, you can go, Oh, that's kind of slow. All right. And you go back to Maya real quick, make your adjustments, kick it out, import it, play it. I love that process. That's cool. I love it. I love it so much. Yeah. That is very cool. But I think, I, I wonder sometimes though, if I would love it as much if I couldn't polish the work though, you know, because, because there's, there's a standard between all of us that we mm-hmm. live by. And when we don't hit the standard for ourselves, we get pretty upset and we, and we beat ourselves up, you know, and then that person's literally go, no, it's, it's amazing. Oh yeah. But you know, you don't, you're looking at it from the front of the house, but the back of it's just a bunch of cards. If you, if you breathe on it too hard, it's going to fall. <laughs> it's just band-aids, bubble gum, and cards, you know. Um, that's how you feel about it, right? You know, so. Now, are you, um, are you able to do the level of polish because of the studio that you're at, i.e. being a AAA studio? Or is it the, some of the stuff we talked about as well that, you know, you've been able to consolidate right. some of your timing because of the hotkeys, things like that. It's not right. about some more of that time. And I'm able to kind of put more of that into it. Explain that a little bit. Well, that's interesting because we do debate that actually. We debate okay. how much polish is actually needed. You know, um, the, the genre of the game allows for a fantasy driven physics world. That's almost based in reality. So it's not, okay. It's not mocap. We hanky everything on Destiny. Um, it's not cartoony. So it's more based in reality physics, but we can do 
what we call space magic. So I can have a character jump up and then jump up again, right? So I can, I can have a character jump up and wind up, for example, for a punch. And then as they punch, I have them go up a little bit more and we just hold that hang time. And then they fall to the ground, right? Into their landing pose, whatever. So we can take certain artistic liberties because of the space magic okay. of our game. But the physics world they live in is pretty accurate. It's okay. But it's still keyframed. If you compare the keyframed animation and you put it next to the mocap from our cinematics, it's a huge difference. Mm. right because mocap is much more ambient it's much more natural um there's a lot of secondary movement in mocap that you don't keyframe in ever you just don't you know so it's it's really interesting um but here's the debate though the debate comes down to some people would argue you don't need that much polish because in the game you can't see it and and it's hard to argue that but when i'm in my group with my lead and my first person animator and every other animator who works at Bungie, we all know that we're all looking at each other's work and I have a standard and I have a standard, man. And so (laughs) I polish well beyond what I'm supposed to, you know, in fact, I shouldn't say this out loud, but I'm going to say it um, because it might help somebody out there, but Sometimes I will work on a shot for the game and we'll block it in in spline and then play it and it's perfect and we don't touch it. But then I save out of my file into a folder called demo reel. <laughs> <laughs> and then later on, I will go to that shot and I will polish it to the nth degree. Gotcha. And that's what goes on my reel. Okay. I need, to, I need to demonstrate that I understand the physics at hand and what's going on secondary um, gameplay timing also included, you know, so, you know, cause there was, there was some stuff I did for D2 that was just blocked in. That was like, don't touch it. It's perfect. The timing's perfect. The movement's perfect. The effects works on it. And I was like, yeah, I can't argue. It's beautiful, you know? Um, but then I, I had to go back later and, and really flesh it out. Gotcha. You know? so, yeah. Well, I think a couple of things that kind of come to mind when you say that one is that it keeps your skill set at a high level. You know what I'm saying? When you're, when you're not willing to let it kind of drop between, you know, you're still, it's that still striving for mastery, you know, even if it's on your own, you're going, I'm keeping my skill set sharp. Right. Yeah. And then the other part too, though, is that oftentimes it's like, um, in animation, you don't want it to see it. Sometimes you want to feel it. Yep. So I think if you were to take out some of that polish, you, you can easily say, well, look, you can't see it. You're like, yeah, but if I take that out, you're not going to feel that though. And there's a, there's a right. difference there. So I can see where that fine line is yeah. of wanting to make sure that enough polish is in there. Even if you don't quite see it, you're, you're the player's feeling it. Sure. Absolutely. And also to add on to that, you have to enjoy what you're doing. And if mm. you're just, if you're just constantly being told it's good enough, um, are you going to be satisfied? Right on your job for long-term, I wonder. Right, right, right. And so I need, I need the freedom to polish to some degree, you know? Gotcha. And they know yeah. that. And so they let us, you know, but, um, but yeah, cause we do a lot of, you know, art reviews too, where I'm just like, here's a play blast. And I'm, and I put that in there cause I just want to show off. 
know, I this is why you pay me. This is why I'm here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. I mean, come on, it's fun. You know, it's really fun. Yeah. And you know, what's funny is going back, there was a, there was a thing we, uh, we started doing this thing called finishers. Okay. So my lights might, we have storms coming through. So if my power goes out, whoops. Okay. We're doing all right. Yeah. So, um, we were doing this thing called finishers, um, a couple of years back, almost three years now, I think. And, um, so I was going to do the first one and it was going to be the Superman punch, you know, Superman punch, right. Right. Jump around the air and come down on the, on the enemy. Right. And so, um, I did my research, got on YouTube, found all these WWE videos of guys doing Superman punches and stuff. And then I was like, okay. So I went downstairs to the mocap room and I set up my cameras and I just filmed myself doing it, just jumping in the air and kind of coming down and punching. And I got one take. I was like, that's the one I'm happy with that. Ran up, ran upstairs and blocked it in. And then I was like, looked around, no one's here today. Okay. Well, I can't show them my blocking. Well, I'm just going to break it down then. So I broke the animation down. Next thing you know, I polished it. It's like done. I like, like so done that I'm like, man, that looks good. <laughs> and I was so excited. I'm going to show the guys in the morning what I did. And they're going to be like, that's amazing. So next morning rolls around the team's back from their sick day, you know, and I go, Hey, can you guys come over here? I just did a pass at the uh, Superman punch. I want to get your feedback on it. And so my Matt Kelly, again, my lead comes over and he's like right next to me, shoulder to shoulder. And I, and I just proudly play the animation and everyone's watching it. And then Matt just looks at me and goes, well, it's beautiful, but it's not destiny <laughs> and it's not space magic. And I went, you're right. And, it just, and I, I saw it immediately. I, I, and I, I just, it was a good lesson and be careful because you can get lost in the work and you can, you can forget the peripherals. You can forget what character class you're doing it for. You can forget what game you're even working on. You gotcha. can forget all these things. You can, just, you can just make a pretty animation. And so I was so proud of that animation that I actually put it aside. I, I kept it. Cause I, was, real. I love it. So huh? Yeah. Just, yeah. But but I went back to the drawing board and, um, and did the space magic version. And that's when I was talking about where you, you jump in the air, you wind up and then we punch and we come back up in the air a little bit more and then we like land. Right. Gotcha. Sorry about my son. Oh, no, you're good. We appreciate the time that you got in here. No, no worries. Yeah. So, okay. But so come, wanna, Go ahead. Okay, I want to talk about one more thing. Yeah. Yeah. I've got some more questions. Thing. So here he comes. I'm going to tell him you tell daddy. Um, <laughs> and so one thing I want to talk about just I think will help students in general is um, when I talk about efficiencies too, there's this one thing I learned to do about two years ago that's, that kind of changed my life as well. And I think it's something that, that is valuable to kind of pass on. So what I think when students see feature film work or video game work, they probably assume a lot of times that one animator did that entire thing perfectly. And then, submitted it and it was done in the movie or in the game or whatever. Um, but what they don't realize is that everyone touches that shot. Directors give feedback, animators give feedback. There's feedback coming from all angles and shots evolve and then they, they get done. Um, one thing that I learned a couple of years ago was I figured out that I could get an idea for my shot um, and run downstairs, shoot reference, really quick, like shoot reference for like maybe a half an hour to an hour and get a couple takes I like. Then I would, I would email those takes to my 
my Gmail, run back upstairs, unpack my Gmail, right? Get my reference into Maya, whatever. And I would block out that shot based on that reference. And I'd give myself a deadline. I'd say, okay, I want, I want this blocked out in two hours. Before lunch, I want this blocked out. So I'll block out that shot as quick as possible. And I'm talking like, the shots are usually like hundred frames or less. It's not too bad. So I'll block the idea in, and then I'll have the team come over real quick and just give feedback on it. And the whole idea is, is I want them to destroy the shot and give me all their best feedback. Give me your best ideas based on what I did. Mm-hmm. And it works like a charm. So they'll come over and they'll just bombard the shot with like, now, how about this? Or why are you doing this part? Why don't you do this thing? And then I'll, and I'll just take all that feedback and I'll run back downstairs and I'll shoot reference again. And with all that stuff in mind, and then run back upstairs and try to get the block in within two hours again, with the new ideas in there and then show it again. Um, and that throwaway version is probably the best thing I ever figured out for myself. Gotcha. In 21 years of animating professionally was get that idea. And I, and I've, it's not like it's a new concept. Right. And told that my whole career, but it was the first time I actually took action on it. And kind of clicked for you to run with it. Yeah. So I would say to students, like, do that. Go get that block out as quick as possible, as dirty as possible, and just get the feedback from wherever, from whoever. Mm. And then just assess what's direction, what's feedback. Sift through it, find the gems, and then go implement it. Gotcha. Don't be afraid to throw things away. Throw it away. The best idea is usually not the first idea. Gotcha. <laughs> yeah. No, so, what I love about that too, from uh, my own experience, um, I would, I was working on a, shot, or a project, and uh, you know we all want to get a home run out the, off the bat, and uh, it was one of those things. As soon as I realized going into the review, what feedback do you have for me? Not how much do you like it? How much, just what feedback do you have for me? Yeah. It just, it changes your whole mindset because sure. then you're able to kind of really hone in on it, you know? Right. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it's never our idea anyway, right? We're, we're right. hired to basically help create part of an escapism, a fantasy or something for the viewer. And it's, it's the studio's project or it's the director's project. And we're hired to help him kind of realize that vision. Mm-hmm. And so we have to be open to all feedback. Yeah. Take yeah. it all. Because here's the thing that I tell my students now is like, you know, if you throw your idea away and you take all this feedback from all these people in the long run, you are just building yourself a solid demo reel. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> and so if you do want to move somewhere else, or you want to try a different studio or try different kinds of animation projects, all those people helped you make, a solid reel with solid work on it, you know? Right. So, so welcome it. Yeah. Take everything in and, and benefit. Everyone benefits from that. Yeah. Yeah. So you become a team player. You validate their ideas, their feedback, your shots get elevated. Your work gets elevated. The project benefits. Right. And then it's, it's great. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Okay. So kind of going a little bit back to original here. Yep. Um, you mentioned they hired you because of your feature film background, right? Or, or because what they wanted to kind of, you know, you're replacing Richard Lico. They want your feature right. background here. Yep. So you've been at, you said have been at Bungie for how long? Five years? Five years now. Yeah. Five years now. What are some of the things as you kind of reflect 
on that five years that you've been able to bring into Bungie and in-game animation from your feature film background? That those are the things that they were kind of looking for with you. Yeah, I struggled with that. I <laughs> and I tell my boss, I go, man, what do I have to offer you? What do I have to offer you? Because this is gameplay. And, you know, when I, if I look around, everyone's doing pretty good, man, without me. <laughs> right? Like we, we all have that kind of like imposter syndrome, I think, where we're just like, you know, what do I bring to the table? Right, right. Um, what, what my my lead and my manager, what he wanted me to do initially, and I, and I did, was he wanted me to come up with talks. Do some talks. Get the team together in the, in the screening room or the, the theater and give a talk on some, some stuff. Um, so the first thing I did was I animated a shot from scratch. I took an entire acting shot um, and, I, and I got reference from a movie or audio. And I, I shot reference ad nauseum for like two nights I animated this whole shot. I saved out every version of here's like the first block out. Here's breaking, uh, blocking breakdown. Here's rough spline. Here's like through polish kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And I gave a talk on that, you know? Um, and I just kind of talked about process. First of all, like, here's my process. And some of the guys were like, yeah, well, our process is better because the way we work. And that's where I started to kind of get that kind of like, opened my mind up to other things, you know? So I did that. Um, and then I gave a talk at one point about what does it mean to say, I want to be a better animator. That was a pretty heavy moment for me because that epiphany led me to telling my coworker drew like, all right, I'm ready to listen. Like, what do you got? Gotcha, gotcha. And what it was, was I was helping another kid out and cinematics because I do cinematics work for them as well. Because okay. My, my feature film experience, they right. love having me over there because I can, I can slip right in there and I can just bust out sequences. That's fun. That's <laughs> fun. Um, whenever I get the chance, I go over there and help out. Um, so I was helping this, this more junior guy out and he, he just made this comment about, yeah, I just want to be a better animator. And my first thought was, well, how can we keep throwing away our changes to your workflow? You keep going back to what's comfortable, which isn't working. Mm. And I was like, huh, what does that really mean? And I, and I really was like, what does that mean? What, is it, what does it take as a, a student? And I don't mean like a beginner, but I mean anybody who's a student of something. Right. What does it truly mean to say, I want to be better at it? Like, what are you willing to do? What mm. are you willing to sacrifice? What are you willing to throw away and rebuild again from the ground up? Gotcha. So I did a whole talk on that. That's cool. Because, because it led me down to the point where I was like, well, what is my excuse? Uh, why am I pushing these people off? They're trying to help me. And that's when I was like, okay, I have to be willing to throw everything I know away in this moment right now, realizing what I just asked myself. And so <laughs> that's when I said, okay, I'm ready. You know, let's do it. Let's let's do this experiment and see what happens. And it changed my life. You know? Very cool. So I gave a talk on that as well. Like, and I was kind of like, I'm looking at you kid and, and you, and you, and, <laughs> you know, so yeah. Very cool. But so you, other than that, yeah. I mean, yeah. <laughs> well, you can't help not glean and, and utilize someone who's animated at the highest level you have for that many years and benefit from it. So I, I know, yeah. um, 
that bleeds into the culture that bleeds into your animation that other people are gleaning off of and learning right. from. So I, I knew that I just was kind of curious if, sure. as you reflect on that, um, what were some of your thoughts? So, right. and then again, the fact that you're, you're able to seamlessly jump into cinematics, bust out some stuff yeah. and make yeah. this game look, you know, uh, in the cinematics department, feature film, uh, level as well or closest you know that you can yeah. with the time you've been allotted so um sure. and, it just and, it's yeah. just neat like i said you're unique right. because you've had such a a vast experience in feature film you're you're animating at the highest level in in-game stuff too and it's just kind of neat to see yeah. that uh cross-pollinization so to speak yeah absolutely you know and I, I think also too it's you know we're all obviously very competitive people i think ultimately with ourselves, not with everybody else. But right. We're competitive within ourselves of wanting to, um, you know, go do amazing work with whatever we do. Right. And so for me, when I'm, when I leave my home team to go help out someone else, um, I bring quite an ego with me and it's not like an arrogant ego. It's more of an ego of like, this I'm is my quality standard. House. This is yeah. Yeah. I'm a guest in their house. I better destroy this. I better kill whatever they give me, you know? And so I walk in there with a, a real sense of um, confidence in a way of like, okay, give me whatever you have. I'm here to help the team out. I'm here to help the, the uh, elevate the work. What do you got? You know? And I just go in open-minded and, and enthusiastic and ready to go, you know? And I, and I kind of, I kind of put an ego to that in a way, you know, cause I, it's, I, I become competitive, like, insanely competitive especially if i leave my team you know like when i go to cinematics i go there to to just destroy <laughs> do you walk I'm in like, with a swagger at all with I'm like, sun, sunglasses i just walk in give me everything you, you want to get rid of and i'll i'll take it you know and then um and then i pride myself on on leaving there giving them my best work you know um and so there's something really rewarding about that you know that's cool but it's, again, it's, it's for the greater good though. It's like, I'm, I'm there to help the company out, you know, um, and the team out. I want to somehow impact the team, you know, and we are an interesting organization. We don't, we're not a bunch of animators sitting together. Mm -hmm. um, we sit in different buildings. We sit in different areas We're we're by discipline. We're um, in a cabal. So like, I'll sit with uh, my designer and my effects guy and my first person guy, and I'll sit with my lead and that's kind of it. You know, we're, we're our own team. And then over there is like bosses and then there's combatants over there. And then in that building is, you know, cinematics. And then there's NPCs, you know, vendors. It's like everyone's split up, you know, because gotcha. they, have, they have entire teams that work with them. Like, you know, dialogue, like narrative, story, you know, encounters, raids. And so there's, there's massive teams attached to, all those disciplines. So we don't sit together. You know? Gotcha. Okay. Um, what are some of the things that you maybe miss from feature? Oh man. Yeah. Um, I do miss feature sometimes. I think about it. I think the things I miss the most are, um, it's going to sound weird, but um, there's a few things. One the, the simplicity of the thing is appealing. Like, here's your layout. This is your camera. Here's your stage. Here's your characters. You kind of only have to worry about your animation from that one angle for the most part, right? 
and it's it's a kind of a linear process, you know. Um, and you're just kind of a cog in that machine, and you're just kind of doing that one thing, right? Mm-hmm. But you get to do it to massive polish level, right? And so you get the satisfaction of building a performance, and it's it's quite amazing to go from a concept to polished curves and nuance and just expression in the character through movement and through expressions on the face and through flourish and and secondary like all those little things are created through the evolution of the shot and and then they come to life gotcha Um, i i I miss that part of it you know gotcha and that's why i think i like to do the cinematics work is because i get to put some of that in there you know okay but um but also i the people are different and I, i really do miss my crews that I worked on at like DreamWorks, um, Blue Sky, they are different people. Okay. Um, How so? Just out of curiosity. <laughs> because you're more of a specialist in that environment. Well, they're more working. childlike. They're more childlike. I think. Okay. You know, we are, we are animals. <laughs> no, we're not animals, but we are, we are a much more childlike group in a future okay. home setting, I, I feel like, you know. In video games, it's a much more mature crowd. Okay. I mean, like, listen, when I first started at Bungie, I was working like three desks down from this kid who was like, I think he was 19 years old. And he graduated MIT at 15. You know what I mean? Like, he was different. So, <laughs> Do you think it's because you know? partly it, because of the environment's more technical? Just that that yeah. breeds that? Okay. That's interesting. That's yeah, very interesting. Absolutely. Okay. And, the, the, yeah, the personalities are vastly different than okay. I'm used to, right? Um, and I, anybody who's ever worked at Blue Sky knows exactly what I'm talking about. There's okay. just, there's a mentality in that group that's, uh, I can't explain it. It's not immature and it's not, it's kind of childlike. Okay. No, I get that. That's cool. Do you ever do things at work now at Bungie and they're looking at you like, uh, what? And you're like, okay, sorry, I, I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> one time i i i reverted back to a blue sky voice i used to do and told me hey that might offend somebody like, oh sorry i was just being funny <laughs> okay so now contrast the other question here yeah you know we've talked a lot about that with yeah. uh, um but if you could kind of encaps encapsulate what is it then that you just really enjoy working in video games yeah Collaboration is amazing. Um, I thrive off of other people. And so I don't, so in contrast to feature films, having a much more a proactive approach to the, the process, because I'm very involved with my team. So uh, I'm creating content and trying to sell my pitches and I'm working my content to work best with the design work. And we're, we're fudging things and, and it's like putting a puzzle together, but kind of making it along the way, you know? So I, I love the process of having a voice and they rely on my voice. We go to meetings and we talk about, all right, what do you think, Mike? And I'm like, okay, well, we got a problem here because this feels like this, but we want it to feel kind of like this. And we don't do this on this kind of thing. So what are we going to do about that? You know, so we start talking about it. And then I start talking about, well, that's 34 pieces of content. Can we afford that memory wise? And so there's, there's a lot more involvement in like the process versus just like, okay, here's your shot. Go do it. You know, you feel um, like you have a bit more ownership than as a result. Absolutely. Gotcha. 
Okay. Yeah. When I see those supers in the game and people are playing them and they're like, Oh my gosh, look at the meteor guy. Right. And I'm like, yeah, that's, we built that. Gotcha. The three of us built that, you know? Yeah. No, that's, and, that's, that's really cool. And that's kind of why I asked that question. I think it's a neat, I asked that those questions for a couple of reasons. One yeah. people who are coming into animation, um, they may go, okay, what, what field do I want of, of animation do I want to jump into? Right. So that's kind of one reason why I asked this, but the other part too, is I go, sometimes people can kind of get um, pigeonholed, so to speak, by their own thoughts of sticking in video games or sticking in feature film. And so I go, here's someone like you who've, who've gone from one to the other in that extreme. It's just neat to see the pros and cons on that. And I think it's where people have to be open about working in different industries of animation. Well, it's funny because when I when I start a new class, every workshop, I the first thing I do on the first night is I ask every person, what are your goals? Like, where do you want to end up? Right. And I'm not looking for a definitive answer, but I want to get an idea of who's open to doing anything, right? And people will invariably always say, oh, I want to do future film work. And I'll be like, well, why? Why, why do you want to work on that? Because if you asked me that, I might not know the answer to it. That's a tough question to, to answer sometimes. Right? Uh-huh. And you're just like, I don't know. I just, I'm just motivated to do it, you know? But here's my point though. My point in asking that question is, is that I'll tell them, you know, here's the thing. You may have some kind of preconceived notion of what this thing is. Like, I want to go do this thing because I know it's going to be amazing. And what you don't realize is, is that if you got a job doing any kind of animation, you're probably going to be very satisfied doing that, at least for a while. While you figure out next steps, right? Because there was a moment where I was not an animator at PDI DreamWorks. I was a wannabe animator and I was afraid to leave because I was already in the building. Okay. But I wasn't doing what I wanted to do. So I kept holding on hope, like maybe they'll just eventually give me a shot. Maybe they'll give me a shot eventually. And I kept animating on my own time and making demo reels, but they were not giving me a shot to animate on shrek or ants or whatever so i was i was in the building but i wasn't animating professionally but again i was afraid to leave the prestige of that building that company right and all the benefits that came with just being in the building right and then i finally got an ultimatum from my wife like you have to apply somewhere else you know (laughs) and so i did hesitantly and sure enough i got an interview i got an interview to go work um, on jimmy neutron at dna productions okay and I took the job, went down to Texas and went to the studio on my first day. I started working and within an hour, I was like, oh my gosh, this is way better than I ever thought it would be. And I was like, PDI DreamWorks who? I, I, it was like, cause I was in the, I was animating. I was, I was suddenly animating for money on a movie and it didn't matter where it was. And so I'm always curious about that question because I think in the end, if you're open to just wanting to create content and become an animator, you know, you might be surprised how much you love where you end up. You never know. That's uh, yeah. And that's why I, like I said, that's why I kind of asked those questions. Cause I think it's you, yeah. someone like you particularly um, give good insight and things to think for people to think about here. Sure. Yeah. So I think I could find the, the same amount of passion for going back to futures too, as well. Gotcha. Wanting yeah. to polish content, wanting to create moments, wanting to create performances. You know, if I right. can, if I can polish to the level that makes me happy, I think that's all I care about. Right, right. Gotcha. 
Hey, quick question. Um, you see, I forgot that you'd worked at, uh, was it, you said DNA over in that. Okay. So I've done two podcasts. Um, one was with Kirby Atkins. Yeah, I know Kirby. Okay. And then, um, uh, Rod Douglas. Mm. Okay. He's a storyboard artist over at, uh, real effects. Okay. But he was at, he, uh, he worked at um, DNA and it might've been after, yeah, it's after, D, yeah. So he was at DNA. So I was just kind of curious if you knew that too. Got um, it. I know Kirby. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, in pretty fact, cool. In fact, Kirby was, there was a moment on the TV series where the, the crew tried something different. They said, hey, we're going to try this new process where one animator is going to block out the animation and the other animator is going to spline it because we can just we can just rifle through content faster. So you're going to block out shots, you're going to spline them. So Kirby was my blocker for a bit. Oh, okay. And I would spline his shots. And we got quite good at it where he was like one day he's like, "Yeah, this is working pretty good. Like they love your spline work on my blocking." And I was like, <laughs> "This sucks, man. I want to <laughs> do my own shots." <laughs> but whatever. Um, and then Everybody felt that way, so it didn't last very long. We all went back to normal. But... <laughs> yeah, but Kirby, Kirby just wanted to direct. That was Kirby. Kirby wanted to write and direct. Gotcha. From, even back in 2000, he was like, I want to write and direct. That's all he wanted to do. Yeah, gotcha. So yeah, he had released, um, he's over at Brazen Animation right yep. now, but he had released, uh, what's it called? Uh... Well, I know he was in New Zealand for a bit. Yeah, it's uh, it. It, was, it was called Beast of Burden, but it, they end up calling okay. it something else. Um, I lost touch on it, so I'm not sure. Dude, I cannot think right now. It's okay. I'm, I'm terrible. Mosley, there we go. I was looking for it. Mosley. So yeah, so he directed in uh, that one in Australia. So it was his his product. Oh, I think he's yeah, even okay. mentioned even way back then. Wow. Um, so yeah, pretty interesting. Yeah, yeah, because he was writing something way back then yeah i think that that was it he said it was about 12 or 11 years in the process so yeah quite some quiet what's that good for him man yeah yeah Yeah. really fun podcast so yeah just remember those two in particular um uh, just out of curiosity mike what are you enjoying you know like i mentioned here this has been 10 years uh, or actually 11 years uh this year of teaching what are you still enjoying about that process in in working at ima um two things which is funny you asked it's funny you asked that because I have okay. two answers for you. For one, <laughs> honestly, one is these kids and sometimes adults, um, older adults, they remind me of why I love this stuff. Like they keep me fresh, they keep me excited. Cause I love talking about it. That's know? great. Um and, and I could I've I remember specific nights where I was like just feeling like, oh, I don't feel good. I'm kind of sick. I don't feel great. I'm gonna cancel class. Then I'll be like, no, let's just push through and get it done. And I'll go in there and I'm just fired up within like 10 minutes. Right. It's like, yeah. And I, I feel great. And I'm just like, like, yeah, this is why I do this. Cause nice. they, they remind me of why this stuff is so awesome, you know, and, and we're all sharing this passion and you want to be artists, you know, um, and, and that's unique. It's a yeah. unique skill set, you know? So that's one, that's one thing that, that um, it's selfish. Uh, they feed me as well. Right. But the other thing too, is I tend to teach entry-level body mechanics classes, um, because I have this weird passion about tearing everybody down back to basics because gotcha. I see people come to my classes all the time with bad habits, um, not able to, you know, move a character with weight and physicality. And so I spend a great deal of time and it's, and it's, it's frustrating because 
a lot of times my students don't end up walking out of my classes with high levels of like polished shots because I'm spending a lot of time trying to break them down to listen, if you just do this process for right now, you will see, I mean, I guarantee you'll see results. If you just listen to me, just mm-hmm. do this one thing. And so I spent a lot of time talking about uh, posing, posing like crazy and then blocking. I spent a lot of time on blocking and posing. Um, in fact, one of my, my favorite stories in the entire world is, is Ben Hammond, Benjamin Hammond. Okay. So about two and a half years ago, um, he was in my class. He got in my workshop three class somehow. And we did our first review and I saw his work and I was like, how'd you get in my class? <laughs> you know, that's the first thing I said. He slipped through the cracks, huh? I said, because you don't know how to do anything, you know? He goes, well, they told me to come in this class. And I said, okay, well, here's, here's what we're going to do. I'm going to give you two choices. One, you can stay here and do what I tell you because I'm going to help you. Or two, you can go to my workshop two class and do what I tell you. <laughs> <laughs> You know, and he goes, well, I'll just stay here since I'm already here. And I said, great. Okay. So here's what we're going to do. You're going to spend 11 weeks doing poses, nothing else, no animation, just poses. You agree? And he said, yeah, let's do it. And I said, okay, we'll see. And he stuck it out 11 weeks with me just doing poses. And then he came back for a second class. I said, okay, now we're going to block shots. And so we blocked shots. And then he did the two workshops with me and then he couldn't afford to do a third class. And so I said, okay, well, no matter what you do from this moment forward, try to find ways to hold yourself accountable because it's easy to slip back into life and just kind of fall by the wayside. Right, right. right. And so you have to find ways to hold yourself accountable. So this kid for two years showed me his work every week for two years and kept animating for two years. (laughs) And then six months ago, put his first reel together and got an animation job, you know? That's awesome. And now, right now, he's doing tests for three AAA game studios right now. So, yeah. That is so rad, man. That is so cool. And so he's, he's like my kind of my proof of like, yeah, if you just stick to the process. Yeah. Yeah. Now, your timeline is your timeline. Right. Right. Maybe you comprehend things a little bit quicker or slower, or maybe you have less time during the week, but he's proof that. He just stuck to it. He's no yeah. special, more special than anybody else, you know, but what he had was work ethic. I love it, man. I love it. Yeah. That is so, so cool. So I love that. And so that's to me, I'm just like, what can I do? Like when I'm working with these students, I'm looking at each one of them and wondering, okay, where is, where is your fault at in terms of your process? Are you just splining through things and you're just rushing into the scene or you know, are your poses weak, but your timing's good. I've got students all over the place where I've got, I've got a girl right now who's got a really good handle on timing and spacing, but her poses are weak. So I'm like, all right, time to play with poses. Right. And so we just get into it and it's so much fun. That's awesome, man. Um, so, yeah. So, and that's why I love that live feedback that we do too, because it, it affords yeah. this kind of stuff here. Absolutely. That's my favorite part. In fact, what I love about iAnimate and why I wanted to teach here was because not necessarily grading allows me the freedom to customize the curriculum and the course for every student. Right. I will spend the time. Like if I see a student struggling, I'll customize the entire 11 weeks to fit them, you know, and I love having that freedom. Mm. Um, and so, cause 
obviously it's like, Hey, how can I impact each one of them? Uniquely the best way possible uniquely yeah. for 11 weeks. Right. Um, and hopefully get them pumped up along the way. Right. Yeah. So yeah, that's fantastic, man. That's a challenge. Very, very cool, Mike. Well, um, again, this was, like I said, this was special for me just to be able to get you in on this. Uh, it's, been a while. it's been a while. Um, it's good to see you. Um, we don't have our, our annual CTN right now. Um, so this is the closest we can get, but I really, really appreciate you taking the time. This has been some great stuff. Um, and then just again, this is why uh, we, we have instructors like you. You're very passionate about animation and our students in particular. Yeah. And so just again, thank you so much for your time and all that you do oh, here. Oh, my pleasure. Thank you. My pleasure. And I appreciate your time as well. And it's fantastic talking to you. It's been too long. Very and, cool. Uh, hopefully we'll get back to a CTN uh, Soon. Soon. I hope so. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right. With that, ladies and gentlemen, take care. Take care. Buddy.